This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. So this is not about person worship, favorite people. This is about a gift that God has given our ministry who has changed so many of our lives. So how we, how we are to treat and regard and honor and respect our pastor, uh, according to scripture, the Bible is very clear on that. We are to love and to honor our pastor. So I'm going to read for you 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 through 13. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the word and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Honor is an attitude of, uh, an internal attitude of respect and regard. So it's something that we should feel internally for our pastor. Um, It is expressed by appropriate actions. So yes, we have that guard internally, but there are actions that are appropriate to express the honor that we have. Otherwise, that honor is just lip service. You're just saying something. So sometimes we get so used to or accustomed to people, our pastor, just being there, always having a word, always supporting us, always showing up, always giving her time, always just being everything that we need her to be as a woman of God. As so many people came up and said that today, we're used to it because that's just who she is. She will show up at any hour of any day for her people. But sometimes when someone is always there, always being all that we need them to be, we can accidentally take that gift within her for granted. We can accidentally slack up on honoring and get into a place of uh, entitlement. Like she owes us her time. She owes us this. And really it's just a gift that God has put inside of her. So if we're not intentional about honoring, we can accidentally forget. We can accidentally slack up. So the Bible is clear that we have responsibilities towards our pastors if we are to truly honor and respect them. So yes, we internally honor, we love, we appreciate all the good stuff that we all say, but we have responsibilities towards our pastor. So I'm going to share with you today seven ways that we can put action behind our honor for our pastor. So can we all agree we have that internal feeling of honor and regard for the gift? We have it internally. So now there are seven ways that we can put action behind that feeling of honor that we have in our hearts for her. The first reason... Uh, the first uh, way is to love her. First Thessalonians five twelve through 13 says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to give recognition to those who labor among you and lead you in the Lord and admonish you, and to regard them very highly in love because of their work. The measure of our love for our leader, our pastor, Pastor Andrea, is Christ's undeserving love for us. So in the same way that Christ loves us is the way we are to love our pastor. And this is found in First. Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7. Many of us know the love scripture. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not rude. Does not demand its own way. Not irritable. Keeps no records of wrongs. Does not rejoice about injustice. Rejoices with the truth. Love never gives up. Never loses faith. Always is hopeful. Always endures every circumstance. Love never fails. That is the way that we ought to love our pastor. One specific way that we can love our pastor is to protect her. Paul counseled Timothy in the Bible in 1 Timothy, don't accept an accusation against an elder unless it is supported by two or three witnesses. Church leaders are easy targets of unrealistic expectations. They are easy targets of uh, accusations and criticisms that are unjust and not right. So part of our duty as um, her congregants and as her being our leader is to protect her 
from false accusations and false criticism. Shut it down. We protect her and we, we honor the gift. Reason, uh, way number two. Is that one? Yep. Number two, pray for her. Romans 15.30. I'm going to be reading scripture today because it is so important to substantiate the principle of honor in the Bible so that people don't think this is something that we created, that we think is a good idea because I'm her daughter or because we've been at the church for X amount of years. So please don't get put off by the scripture, but instead let it take root in your heart. Write it down and go ahead and study it on your own so that you can really get a true revelation of honor. So Romans chapter 15, 30, now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, through our Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the spirit to strive together with me in fervent prayers to God on my behalf. This is Paul speaking in the scripture. Not only did he ask the church for prayer, but in verses 31 and 32, he asked them for specific things to pray for him for. Our pastor needs our specific prayers that go beyond just the generic, bless my pastor, Lord. She needs our specific prayers in all the areas of her life that we are led to pray on her behalf. I can tell you for 100% fact that she does not ever, not one time, say, Lord, bless my congregants, bless my members. She wars and she goes on specifically for specific, specific people, specific families, so that she can have, we can have God's best on our life. And we ought to give her that same due diligence in our prayer for our pastors. Number three. Now, again, these are seven ways that we can honor our pastor. Like Justin said, year long. It's not just the one day. It's something that we need to build in our lifestyles. Number three is follow and submit to them. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, since they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account, so that they can do this and with joy and not with grief, for that would be of no advantage to you. So the scripture teaches us that pastors have an accountability. They have to account to God for everything that they say and everything that they do and how they lead God's church. But scripture also teaches that the responsibility of the church members is to obey and to submit to their leaders. Now, this is not blind obedience as leaders teach in accordance to the word of God. Leaders who are called, leaders who are chosen, leaders who are obedient, as our pastor is, teaches according to the word of God. So we are to submit and obey, um, and in so we are submitting and obeying God. Um, a little quick story from scriptures that substantiates this obeying, obeying and submitting is Second um, Kings 4, 1 through 7. It's a story of how Elijah helps a poor widow. So there was a poor widow who came to Elijah. Her husband had died, um, and he was also a prophet of Elijah, so he was a man of God too. So she went to him because he had left her and her two sons dead. So much debt that the collectors were coming to take away her sons and keep them as slaves as a way to pay the debt. So he asked her, what did she have in her home? She said, I don't have a thing, child. All I have is one jar of oil. That is it. So he said, okay, go ahead and borrow as many jars of oil as you can. Go to all your neighbors, your family members, anyone that you know, and get a whole bunch of jars. Not jars of oil, just empty jars. Bring as many jars as you can. And take the one jar that you have and pour it in the jar. Pour it till it's full, then set it aside. Then pour it to the next one till it's full and set it aside. She was obedient. She and her sons got as many jars as they can and continuously poured jar after jar till every jar was full, so much so that she had oil and she said, come on, son, give me the next jar. Mom, there are no jars left. So she had filled up every jar that um, her sons had brought to her. And this was a simple act of obedience and submission to the man of God that allowed her now to be debt-free her now to have abundance in her life, and her now to have oil left over that her and her family could uh, use to 
help them in their life. Number four, free your, free your pastor from things that would distract him or her from prayer and the word of God. Now, this is found in Acts chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. I want to read it, but I'm not going to read it for the sake of time. Um, in short, uh, this story is the disciples, people were on the di- disciples' head because they needed them to go handle some other things. And the disciples said, we need to be before God. We need to be preaching the word. So let me bring me seven men who are, you know, good reputation, they're, they're wise, and I'm going to give them that assignment so that we can do what God called us to do, which is to pray and to preach the word. In the same way that it's our responsibility as members of Destiny Faith Church to do what we can to free up time so the pastor can do what she's called to do, which is pray so that she can get the word of God for our lives. So uh, just a shout out. We have the Abro family who has done so many projects around DFC. So many things that were left undone, that were pending, and, and now pastor didn't have to even blink and blink an eye. It was done. So many projects. Same thing with anyone who serves as in the ushers, in the children's ministry, who cleans, who cooks. Anyone who does anything for the ministry, that is allowing Pastor Andrea to have time to do what she's called to do. If she's spending all of her time doing meticulous things all around the ministry, that's less time that she gets before God. And guess who pays the price for that? We do when we don't get the word that God has for us. So we need our pastor to be before God so that we can get all that he has for us. So it's very important to offer our gifts, talents, abilities, and efforts to advance the ministry and the house of God. Number five is to empathize the weight of the ministry that your pastor carries. Justin touched on this as well. In 2 Corinthians 11, 12, uh, 28, Paul explains the weightiness of ministries, and this is how he put it. He said, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my feeling that weakness? Who is led astray? And I do not burn with anger. As her daughter, someone who spends a lot of time with her, I know that is true for her as well. She carries the weight of everything her members go through. Anyone who's connected to, to her, it's 1 a.m., you're on her mind. It's 5 a.m., she's praying for you. The weightiness of what we go through, our family members, she visits in the hospital. She grieves when you grieve, all of those things. So this role is not an easy role. It's very weighty, and it's not a 9 to 5. It is a 24-7 that she's constantly carrying Uh, the weight of her calling. James 3 and 1 says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. So not only is it a weighty responsibility, but she's also judged with a greater strictness than the rest of us. So when you're a good leader like Pastor Andrea is, who has a heart for her people, you always carry your people with you. You're always meditating. You're always praying. You're always listening. You're always fasting. You're always interceding. You're always loving. And this can be very extremely heavy and taxing. So just have that empathy that it's more than just Sunday service, Thursday empowerment hour. Okay. Number six is don't harshly judge or criticize your pastor. And the scriptures to substantiate this are Romans four and four. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. Second Samuel 2, David, anyone who knows the story of David and Saul knows that Saul was cutting up. Saul cut completely up. He would, no longer was in line with the will of God. He was outside of God's plan. He was doing things he wasn't supposed to be doing. Even still, when Paul was killed, David referred to him as the chosen man of God. David had many opportunities. He could have literally killed Saul, but because he was the chosen man of God and David had that regard for his calling and his anointing, he did not put his mouth on Saul in a negative manner. He was still referring to him as a chosen man of God. Now, we don't have to worry about Pastor Andrea cutting up, flipping out. We know that. 
Uh, that, but it's God's role to address those types of things and deal with it. It's not ours. When someone is anointed, they are anointed regardless of their shortcomings, and we still should respect them as anointed and such. Just like we as people are not perfect, pastors are not perfect either, and the same grace that we so desperately want when we uh, fall short, we ought to give that to our pastor too. And number seven, all about today, support them financially. All the ways you honor are great, and you should, but number seven, support them financially is biblically um, a, a, main, a main, main or major reason we should honor our pastor. Again, it's a 24-7 job, not once or twice a week, but constantly, not a 40-hour week, but a 24-hour day. Uh, the call of a pastor does not have business hours. First Timothy five seventeen through 18, a couple people read it earlier today. The elders who are good leaders are considered to be worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain, and the worker is worthy of his wage. Now, in this scripture, financial support was at least a part of the double honor. So it mentions double honor. We know that financial support is a part of this that Paul was excuse me, referring to. The Greek word translated honor is the same word used in 1 Timothy 5 through 3, where it refers to material support. Other passages in the Bible where the word honor uh, means pay are Matthew chapter 27, verse 6. It's referred to as silver. Acts chapter 4, 34 refers to it as proceeds. And 1 Corinthians 6 and 20 refers to it as price. So honor and compensation are hand in hand. We can't miss the fact that the same Greek word translated honor also means worth, price, and compensation. We get really excited when, it's, when you can honor with your words and you can honor with serving at the church, but then when it comes time to talk about compensation, we shift back in our seats, but we can't ignore the fact that this is God's order and God's way of doing things, not for the woman, but for the gift and also to bless your life. We cannot ignore the fact that honor goes beyond just being thankful giving our time, loving our pastor, praying for her, but it also goes into compensation. Cannot ignore that. We are not fully honoring God if we are not contributing or com uh, to compensation for our pastor. All right. Failure to compensate or to understand honor in all the dimensions is a lack of honor to God, who is the giver of the gift of pastor. Also, how you sow into your pastor says how you value the word that God has given them. We saw the scrolling list of all the sermons that pastor, we got time off. We were at home. We were in quarantine. Pastor was still working through the whole process, encouraging us when we were literally scared, at home scared, not knowing what was going on in the world, not seeing our family members. She was working, and she was listening and hearing God on our behalf. Galatians chapter 6, verse 6 to 10 says, Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be disled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always uh, harvest what you plant. Uh, I'm going to read one more passage of scripture, and then I'm going to paraphrase um, two more stories of honor um, in the Bible. So this passage of scripture is Apostle Paul speaking to defend himself in this regard of Ministry workers deserve compensation for the ministry. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13 through 14, this is what Paul says. This is my defense to those who would examine me. This is my answer to those who question my authority. Don't we have the right to live in our homes and share meals? Don't we have the right to bring a believing wife with us um, as the other apostles and the Lord's brothers do? Drop down to verse 7. It says, what soldier has to pay his own expenses? 
What farmer plants a vineyard and doesn't have the right to eat some of the fruit? What shepherd cares for a flock of sheep and isn't allowed to drink some of the milk? Am I expressing a merely human opinion or does the law say the same thing? For the law of Moses says you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. Was God only thinking about oxen when he said this? Wasn't he actually speaking to us? Yes, it was written for us so that the one who plows and the one who threshes the grain might both expect a share of the harvest. Since we have planted spiritual seeds among you, as Pastor Andrea has done, aren't we entitled to a harvest of physical food and drink? If you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supportive? But we have never used this right. We would rather put up with anything than to be an obstacle to the good news about Christ. I'm going to sidebar really quick right here. Pastor Andrea will and has compensate, uh, sacrificed her own compensation countless times for the needs of the ministry. And she will do it in a hot second without hesitation. It has never been and is not about money for her. Everything she does is as unto the Lord. She is more concerned about grace abounding to your account and that the boomerang effect is in your life and the principle of honor working in to your advantage than she is about money. Nonetheless, it is necessary to advance the kingdom of God, and she is still worthy of double honor. Chapter th- or Verse 13 says, Don't you realize that those who work in the temple get their meals from the offerings brought to the temple? And those who serve at the altar get a share of the sacrificial offerings. In the same way, the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. We benefit from the good news that our pastor gives us. So in that same way, she should be supported about it. So really quick story in the next minute um, from the Bible. I'm just going to paraphrase it really quickly. First Kings chapter 17, verse 8 through 16. This is Elijah and the widow. Um, this is a different widow, not the widow from the last story, different widow. So there was a man that got, or a woman who God told Elijah, hey, go to this town, and I have a woman that I I've, I've, uh, have there who will take care of you. So he goes to the woman, and um, she was about to give up on life because she had nothing. She had nothing but a small amount of uh, batter, a small amount of water to make bread. So she told, he asked for some water and he asked for some bread. And she said, oh, so sorry, we don't have anything because this is our last bit that we have. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to bake this up and then me and my son are going to go ahead and die because we don't have anything. This is somebody who didn't have much. It's never, God is never asking us or requiring us to do something that we don't have. So he said, okay, no problem. Go ahead and give me the, give me the food like, and give me the water. So she was obedient, which sometimes we all know how it's hard to give when we barely have anything. She was obedient, and she gave to the man of God. And as a result of it, her jar of flour never ran dry. This happened just as the Lord said through Elijah. So God commands us to care for our leaders, and he will never let our our pockets run dry as a supporting his woman of God. 2 Kings 4, 8 through 37, another Shunammite woman. There was a, Now, this woman was wealthy. So last month, woman, she was needing something. She was needy, and God gave her what she needed. This woman was wealthy, Shunammite woman. She watched Elijah come in and out of town, knew he was a man of God. So she told her, her husband, okay, let's build him a little area on top of our house, give him a bed, a desk, somewhere he can go, basically like an Airbnb whenever he came in town. So... so Again, regarding the man of God. That took her money, that took her time to build that and let this man come in and out of her house. She did what the Lord had said, and so Elijah said, please go find out what this woman needs. we got to bless her some type of way. She's honoring me, the man of God. And so when he went to the woman, her 
what she needed wasn't monetary. Sometimes our needs are beyond money. Money is not the end-all, be-all. Sometimes there is peace and healing and restoration and all types of other things that we need from God. Honor makes way and gives those opportunities to us. Um, She wanted a son, and her husband was old. And Elijah told her, by this time next year, you will have a son. Lo and behold, the woman became pregnant and had a son. Within a year from that time, she um, honored the man of God. Two examples in the Bible. These were setups for these people to be blessed. The woman was going to die with her son had she not obeyed God. This woman would have been childless had she not obeyed God. I don't know what your situation is, but you do. It's very important for us to obey God because it's always a setup to what he's trying to do in our life. It requires our obedience and it requires our submission, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it might not make sense. It requires our obedience. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.